0: I'm Kim.
1: And I'm Tara. Welcome to Unapologetically You. Today's guest, Gabrielle, has a story unlike any we've heard before.
0: Gabrielle was born a conjoined twin. After a successful separation, surgery, and living a somewhat normal childhood, Gabrielle's sister passed away. She shares with us the aftermath of her sister's death and learning to live without her other half.
1: Stay tuned for Gabrielle's extraordinary story. Welcome, Gabrielle. Thank you so much for sharing your story with our listeners today. Hi. It's so nice
2: to meet you guys.
0: Yes, we are super excited to have you here. And you, Gabrielle, have like a really interesting story. You and your sister were born as conjoined twins, which is super fascinating. And so I guess for starters, like how were you guys conjoined?
2: So uh, we were conjoined uh, together at kind of the hip and the pelvis area. And uh, we shared a pair of legs. When we were in utero... um, our egg didn't fully split when we were, when it was forming two twins. And so it's actually more common than you'd think. But uh, at the time that we were born, we were uh, one of the rarest form of conjoined twins because usually uh, conjoined twins can be connected at the heart or at the head. And so it was kind of more rare for uh, us to be conjoined more at the hip than at the pelvis.
0: Oh, wow. Wow, Yeah. So did you guys, like, I know you said you shared a, a set of legs. Did yeah. you share any internal organs or anything together? Or was it, is it just the leg?
2: Yeah, we did. We shared, uh, like, a pair of intestines. So, like, after separation, she got the small intestine and I got the large intestine. Uh, we shared kidneys. So we each got a kidney. And we only had one bladder, so she got a bladder and I don't have a bladder. And then as far as like reproductive organs, she got the uterus and um, I don't have a uterus. And so uh, other than that, everything else was was pretty normal. We each had our own set of lungs, our own heart. Uh, We each have a liver and everything like that. So uh, we didn't share too much and nothing really vital that we couldn't live without, so.
0: Yeah. So how old were you guys? Obviously, it's not like you remember being born (laughs) like (laughs) that. Um, But like how old were you guys when you had the surgery?
2: Uh, We had our separation surgery when we were eight months old. Oh, wow. um, Yeah. So I don't remember being conjoined at all.
0: Yes. Yeah. Wow. And afterwards, I mean – I would assume healing after that Mm -hmm. is, you know, difficult at first, of course. But um, now, like, do you have any, like, obviously you said you don't have a bladder or uterus.
2: Mm -hmm. What are you,
0: are there any other limitations that you
2: have? So I'm in a wheelchair full time because I do only have one leg because she got the right leg uh, after separation and I got the left leg. And, um, And then just that and me having one kidney. I do have a little bit of issues from that, Um, but nothing super major, nothing that you would think. I think I'm relatively healthy for being born with my condition. Um, When when we were separated, uh, they had placed a mesh inside of our bellies to act as like a stomach wall. And growing up, we had both gotten really sick from that. But in 2011, we had an operation to remove it. And so ever since then, uh, other than a few bumps in the road with my kidney, uh, I think everything else has been pretty much smooth sailing. Oh
0: my gosh. So amazing.
2: So amazing. Like the human body is just
1: so incredible.
2: It's crazy. Everyone's always like, well, how can you live without a bladder? And I'm like, you'd be surprised what, you know, the body can live without and, I guess the human body is so like resilient. It just, yeah. I just adapted to living without these things.
0: Right. right. Yes. So you and your sister obviously grew up together. Um, and because you didn't really have any recollection, I guess, of like that time is conjoined. You had like a, a typical childhood, right? That was, maybe yeah. your birth wasn't, you know, as typical. But like after that, like you you just lived a typical childhood
2: yeah i think everybody's always like telling us how uh how remarkable we were and how unique we were but i think that it was just such a normal thing for us we didn't really like think about it too much that way and so we grew up pretty normal uh i think after the separation we always subconsciously kind of like remembered being stuck together and so when we were kids we would sit together. And we would connect our sides and uh, we would just pretend like we were still conjoined because I think we always like subconsciously knew we had that connection to each other.
0: Well, that is flipping fascinating because, yeah. you know, like they say like twins, like just in general can have that like twin to twin connection where like you almost can like feel your other twin. Yeah. I can't, it has to be even like way more of a connection when you're actually conjoined. you know. Right. Yeah.
2: Definitely. That's what we always said that we were each other. So we had that connection where it was like skin to skin, literally, like we shared each other's flesh and we shared each other's organs and, you know, she was me and I was her. So I think our connection was just that much more special.
0: Nowadays, Gabrielle, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking?
2: I'm 22. 22.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and your sister unfortunately passed away. Is that right?
2: Yes, she did. She passed away when we were thirteen. Oh my
0: God! From like anything related to anything related to this?
2: Yeah. So uh, I mentioned earlier the mesh that was placed inside of our stomachs uh, during our separation surgery. It had become extremely infected. Uh, we both got sick at the same time from it in 2011. And, uh, she had a lot more health problems than me prior to that, but I think the mesh getting infected just kind of was, you know, it was just kind of the tip of the iceberg. And, um, she, because of the mesh, it, uh, caused her to develop a fungal infection in her blood and she became septic. And so she passed away from it. And it wasn't necessarily from the separation surgery itself. It was just from that mesh that was placed inside of our stomachs. And so I think, I'd like to think that if they had never placed that mesh, then my sister would probably still be here.
0: Wow. Is that like typical too, I guess? Like when they, I mean, I'm sure this is ever changing, right? Like science yeah. changes, surgeries change, right. like I myself, have had two surgeries and like on the same exact thing. And like, they were night and day difference, like five years apart, right? Yeah. So is that like typical? Like, was that typical for them to put that mesh inside?
2: Yeah. So uh, mesh is really popular. It's used all the time. And uh, I think especially for it being because we had our surgery in 1998. And so medic, uh, medicine wasn't as advanced as it is today. And Sometimes you'll even see on TV or on the radio uh, people talking about lawsuits for mesh, uh, mesh recalls, mm-hmm. and because it can, your body just sometimes doesn't uh, react well to it because it's like a foreign object in the body, and so uh, I think it. There's a lot of cases where mesh just doesn't sit well inside of the body, and it ends up making people really sick. But today, I think that it's a lot more advanced, and it's getting better every day so every time somebody's like oh my gosh i have to go get mesh in and, and your story is scaring me i'm like don't worry i had it placed 22 years ago and it's been so long medicine has advanced so much since then so
0: so i mean that that totally makes sense to me um yeah. so losing your sister at 13 i mean that had to have been really difficult
2: yeah it was hard uh Especially because we did have that connection of sharing each other, and then uh, we were in the hospital together for almost three months uh, leading up to her passing. Because uh, she was so, she was in the hospital because she had these other health issues, and then uh, her mesh ended up getting infected, and then a few weeks later, I coincidentally got sick from the same exact thing. And so I got admitted into the same hospital that she was in. And we were there for, uh, like I said, almost three months. And she had her operation to remove the mesh one day, and then I had mine the next. And uh, we weren't in the same room. We were on different units because uh, she was in the intensive care unit. And I, I wasn't as, like, bad off, you know. so sure, yeah. I was in like a step-down intensive care unit, and uh, and then I ended up getting better, and she just, she couldn't pull through, and so I went home from the hospital. I was discharged on uh, November 4th, 2011, and then she passed away November 5th, 2011, so we were always like a day apart from each other, wow. and it was hard being 13 and having to deal with that and just leaving the hospital that day i was like this isn't right she's supposed to be coming with me and it just she never yeah. came home with me and it and being so young it was really really hard to process and and live with that like survivor's guilt and just grow sure. up with that
0: yeah and today like how are how are you feeling about it today i mean i know it's 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 definitely some time but i mean when anybody passes in your life, you you never forget that person, but I can only imagine when you were like actually had that deep rooted connection the way that you two did
2: yeah, so we're coming up on nine years and it still hurts the same. I think I learned to cope with it a little bit better, but uh they always say that like time is the key in healing, and so I always say I'm still waiting on that but uh it's really hard. It's hard growing up without her cuz I feel like I'm navigating through life without my other half and you know there was so many firsts after she passed away starting high school without her, getting my braces off without her, starting college without her, doing these kinds of things like it's hard for me to do these things without her here and so uh, I think I still hurt every single day for her, and I miss her every day. And yeah. but I I just try to cope a little bit better. And I think talking about her and telling her story, and just helping like keep her alive is what gets me through it. And I see her when I look in the mirror because we're identical twins. If I ever wonder, you know, what would she look like, you know, I just look in the mirror or like I look at my hands and I can see my sister because like I said, we were each other. So I think that's what helps me too, is I still have a piece of her within myself.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It's a beautiful way to look at that too. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's, it's such a tragedy that that happened Mm -hmm. period. But like at the same time, like you've got this weird gift that like, she is you, you are her, you know, like, yeah,
2: definitely. And that, that helps me get through it. And I don't know. It's kind of, it's strange, but I've been managing for all these years. So I think I'm, whatever I'm doing is working. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're like sitting here like nonstop smiling. So like, yes, you are.
2: (laughs) I think that if, if she knew that I was just here crying all the time without her, she'd probably want
0: to kick my ass. Right, right. right. (laughs) Well, and the experiences, the life that you've been handed isn't something everybody, everybody has to, has to overcome, right? Your obstacles. And that's kind of like the whole point of our podcast is like, we all go through very different obstacles in our life, right? We all Mm -hmm. go through very different challenging moments. And We've been finding, like, we've been meeting a ton of young 20-year-olds that we're like, holy shit, dude, you are doing it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Yes. laughs> Most definitely.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, somebody told me that uh, they remind me in the nicest way possible of an 80-year-old man. And I was like, <laughs> hey, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, an old soul. That's it's, for
2: sure. Yeah. What
0: advice would you give to someone that is navigating their way through their own grief?
2: Uh, I think for me, the advice that I would give is don't be don't be afraid of your own grief. Uh, for a long time, I think I was just scared to grieve my sister because I felt like if I started grieving her, then it was real and she was really gone. But I think if you if you're able to accept the grief and accept your loss then it really isn't a loss and I think of it as more of a game and I have somebody who's waiting for me I don't know what everybody believes but I believe there's somewhere out there that she's waiting for me and that's what gets me through it and uh I think that just knowing that uh how grateful that you are for that person and however long that you got with them uh just be grateful for that time. I know that it's, it's easy to wish that you had gotten it for longer, but we have to be grateful for what we had and have no regret.
0: That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so unbelievably cool to see people who are 10, almost 20 years younger than us who have it figured out already. Like it's so amazing. The amount of what you're going to be able to do because you're so wise is huge. Because we most
1: definitely did not have it figured out when we were your age. Yeah. No. (laughs) So it's amazing. Absolutely incredible.
2: I feel like half the time I don't know what I'm doing and I'm trying to, I get my shit together, but, uh, I, it's hard. It's really hard, especially because, like all of these things, I'm supposed to be doing with her. And so, like I said, I have to adapt, and I had to learn how to live my life, uh, kind of start everything over again. And so, uh, the hardest thing for me was after losing my sister was like I said, just learning how to do everything, uh, not as a pair, and just right, like, yeah. And so. I don't know. I don't have very much advice because everybody grieves so differently. But I think just, uh, yeah, like knowing that we got the time that we did and we can move forward and know that, you know, somewhere, somewhere out there, they're waiting for us. Maybe not in this lifetime, but another lifetime.
0: Yes, sister. Yes. exactly. absolutely.
2: (laughs) Uh, What have you learned about yourself going through all of this? Uh, I think I learned how resilient I am as a person um, I've been through a lot of losses and a lot of surgeries and medical issues and hospital stays and uh, I think that I probably should should have given up a long time ago but for whatever reason I'm still here and sometimes like I think I, I'm too hard on myself because, uh, I'm not giving myself enough credit because I think, you know, it's it's amazing that I am here and I was able to overcome all of those things and just learning how, uh, I think, I'd like to say I'm a strong person and that's something that I've learned about myself going through all these things.
0: Yeah. And honey, let me go ahead and backtrack that for a second because you're a freaking miracle. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> th- seriously though, I mean to be born the way that you were born the fact that you both survived that mm-hmm. in and of itself is a miracle right yeah. and the fact that you're you're doing it now and you are wise beyond your years and you 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 aren't giving yourself enough credit you yeah. are doing it like and that's i mean i know we're all we're all our own like biggest critics right like
2: yeah yeah i like i said i think cuz uh i'm cuz i'm living this I never thought, you know, wait, maybe I am extraordinary. Maybe I am a miracle. And so I think uh, being able to like have people tell me that, I'm like, wait a second, maybe I am. Maybe I am too hard on myself. I shouldn't be here right now and I am. And I overcame all of that. And so uh, I just, I learn about how strong I am every day, every time I have to overcome something else.
0: Um, What has been the hardest part about your journey?
2: Well, being in a wheelchair is pretty tough. That is one of the hard things that I go through—just not having total independence uh, with my disability. And um, and I know that I'm I'm so used to being in a wheelchair because I've never known anything different. But every day I face a different struggle, whether it's you know not being able to get myself into a car or not being able to get myself down the stairs to get outside or. Uh, certain places not being wheelchair accessible i face those struggles every single day because the world is not built for somebody like me and so i have to kind of adapt and and make room for myself in the world and it's tough being in a wheelchair especially uh having one leg because um i don't know it's harder to do certain things with one leg like uh I'm pretty like independent, mobility-wise, but um, I I still face struggles every day with that.
1: What do you hope the takeaway is of your story for our listeners?
2: I'm just trying to uh, educate people about uh, my condition, and I also I want everybody to know about my sister and, and about my story because uh, I was so lucky to have her in my life and I want to share her with everybody else and I want everyone else to see how amazing she was and uh, how amazing our story was. And so I'm just excited that I get to share it with so many people now and like bring awareness to her and our condition and everything like that.
0: It's amazing. And it's a it's a beautiful tribute to her. It, it's a, you. You're a living testament to her, you know. that's. Well, yeah. Thank oh. you. Well, Gabrielle, you might be one of the most inspiring young people we have come across just yet. Um, Your story is completely remarkable. And I love the words that you said earlier. And I know you said it like maybe I am, but you are like you are extremely extraordinary. So thank you for sharing with us. But before you go, we've got these super fun pop questions to ask you, super lighthearted. Um, first question is, is, if you could have an endless supply of anything, what would it be?
2: Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to say lipstick. <laughs> yeah, <I>
1: love it. <laughs> if you were a superhero, what would your power be?
2: Um, I would fly. I'd be able to fly, yeah.
0: That's a That's good, good one, one. For sure. What is your most used emoji? I think it's the
1: orange heart Ooh. oh yeah what's your stance on pineapple on pizza? I love it I think it's iconic
0: wow okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's amazing and then last question are you a morning person or a night owl?
2: Um, I'm a night owl I hate morning and I don't think they should be a thing at all <laughs>
1: They should be a thing. That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories. You are so inspiring and you are absolutely sure to inspire all of our listeners. Thank you so much for being unapologetically you.
2: Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. It was so nice to meet you guys. We're so happy you joined
1: us and we hope this story inspired you to be unapologetically you. Join us next time for another remarkable journey. And if you or someone you know has a story to share, please reach
0: out to us on our website at unapologeticallyupodcast.com. Don't forget to like us on Instagram and Facebook at Unapologetically you And please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you listen in on so that we can continue to inspire you.